0: Mortgage rates are the highest since 2019. The 10-year broke too. Will the Fed pivot? Gold looks good. Crypto's back again. Copper surging. Everybody's mad at Joe Rogan. Spoiler alert, I don't care what you think about Joe Rogan. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. And this is episode 156 of Bizarro World. Welcome to Therapy, Nick. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing great, Gerardo. The days are getting longer. It's getting a bit uh, warmer and uh, my tech shorts are paying me wonderfully. How are you doing?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. It's beautiful outside. The sun is out. The days are getting longer. Um, interesting week, right? The market's down some 500 points today, 600 at its low today. The 10 years above 2%, as I mentioned up top. Um, We talked a bit off air. I feel like we're just reciting what we told people a month ago was going to happen. And more specifically, what you told people to position for, which was lighten up, get defensive, get some cash on the sidelines. All of those things would have saved a lot of people, a lot of money. Not bad for a free podcast.
1: It's not bad for a free podcast. (laughs) Um, and you could have even made more money for 99 bucks a year, which isn't a, a bad value either. Um, Uh, What happened today? You got a seven and a half percent inflation number on the the CPI, which is is likely peaking. Right. So. um, Highest in 40 years. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of what I was mentioning last week is that, you know, things turn. And so this number that just came out is adding up things that were in the past. And so Mm -hmm. I think you're in a a shift. So um, the 10 year going above 2 percent is is very interesting. Right. And. I was writing about it like a dying star this week. That issue hasn't come out this week, but um, shooting stars shoot before they die, and I'm not. Sh- I-, I think that's what the the bond yields are doing. They're 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 taking their last gasp upward because remember they've been going upward for the past year now. Um, it's not like they started going up when Jerome said, I'm going to raise rates. No, they started going up a year ago when the when the inflation was actually manifesting, when Jerome was saying there is no inflation. When it, so, when it was transitory. If you think he's got his finger on the pulse, is what I was saying this morning in a video, then I've got a bridge to sell you, right? Because he's going to come and try to hike rates when the markets already fucking hiked them, Gerardo. I mean, the, the Fed hasn't done anything yet in the 10 years at two. So. Uh, and the 10 years not going to keep going up if you keep getting down days in the stock market like this. And so that's what we mean when we say the market's going to tell Jerome who is in charge, because that's right. if you think he can sustain another 600 point <clears throat> down day and then another one and then another one and you think their fucking mandate is to help you, I've got an, I got something else to tell you. So what I'm saying is um, I think bonds are still going to go up and I think it's still time to be cautious. And we haven't even got into GDP numbers yet, just earnings.
0: um my thoughts on that it's going to be two hikes maximum and i I, i'd actually even be surprised if they got to the second one i think the market and the bond markets teach in jerome exactly who's in charge and i think if we've learned anything about mr powell in the last several years it's that he'll do an about face with zero shame with zero shame the minute the minute that the market demands it from him right and so again it's just kind of like uh war games right you kind of game theory at it you can look at what happened in the past and in the famous world words of rick roll if past is prologue then you can kind of see what the policy is going to be and you know the pivot will be fun but i'm telling you people it, it will happen soon and if he gets two rate hikes off that's going to be it in my opinion we'll see i'm positioned for that i don't think it's a coincidence that copper surging again uh you know i was listening to keith mccullough earlier this week and it was funny it was the day before it surged and he was saying well you can't drive copper and you can't eat copper and i'm sitting there and i'm like keith i love your stuff i love your research (laughs) but you're just wrong on this keith you are driving copper and you are right like it's 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 it's, it's everywhere and i think i think you know he, he 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 like we all get calls wrong he just got that call wrong um but look i think uh 460 copper from 444 445 that was a one to two day jump and it was it was fast and it was furious and it doesn't seem like it's going back the other way anytime soon i'd love your thoughts on that copper jump
1: i want to say that mm-hmm. i don't know because i don't and it's been going back and forth right mm-hmm. like um Copper's going up today. Oh, shit, copper's going down today. Copper's going up today. Oh, shit, copper's yep. going down today. So I, I want to say it's in flux. I also want to say that um, China is desperate for it, which is one of the reasons yep. it's been going back up. We were reading about, at least the, I saw a couple LME headlines again this week about stockpiles and things. So there's those underlying fundamental drivers, which obviously we're on the same page on the, the electrification right. of everything. In the short term or the, the interim, right, if... Things melt down then you know nothing is spared right i mean commodities can, can go down copper um included and so I, I think it's waiting to make sure that the entire world isn't going to collapse and then it's going to continue going up the other thing i was i'm going to tell you all the things i was writing about that haven't come out yet. tell me all the things um, nick you're getting that, it for free people again you're getting your money's worth this week the goldman sachs commodity index if you if you line it up next to the 10-year rates which we were just talking about is they're going up like straight and not like this up they're going like hockey stick yeah and so yeah they can't do that together forever right because um that's a long time well yeah and when, <laughs> if rates continue to hockey stick it means that growth has to slow you can't finance copper projects you can't finance big infrastructure projects because rates are going up and so then commodity prices have to soften because you can't build those things out and so um that's why i think what I just said—the the, the yields have to slow down. That shooting star is going to fade, and then commodities can go back up uh, in this next whatever month to two months until the Fed figures out it can't act or figures out it can't rate. Then I think copper can go down marginally in the short term, but I don't think it's you know bear market for for commodities. I think it's just getting this short term uh, whatever deflation out of the system.
0: Agreed. And, and look, I think, you know, I hate agreeing with Goldman Sachs, but their analyst, uh, I believe it was Jim Curry. I could be off on the name, but he said, you know, his forecast basically is we're out of everything. You know, he said, whether it's aluminum or copper or lithium or uranium, we're out of everything right now. And so there's a timeline to take and build projects and get these materials that we're desperate for into production. It doesn't just happen with the flick of a switch. Right.
1: Um, he, behind was, the curve. he was saying it's a molecule issue. And um, uh, that's an interesting way to think about it. Right. Because mm-hmm. we don't have copper molecules. You go back to chemistry class or whatever. Right. The yep. periodic table. And, you know, now we're <laughs> using the, the petrochemicals and things like that because the uh, the engine is in the car. Um, but soon the engine is going to be uh, not in the car. And it, like you said, you do drive copper and, and things like yeah. that. And so um, the demand picture is there for sure.
0: I like it. Uh, gotta talk cryptos. I'm looking forward to getting Mr. Chris Curl back in here. He was spot on on his crypto call when we had him on a few weeks ago. Um, we finally launched that part of his service where he's putting capital to work. It's been a great first week, so go Mr. Curl. Um, thoughts on the crypto space?
1: Hey, we haven't lost any uh, money yet. Um, I w- I'll do a little wrapping for you. I, we saw the, the couple the couple that got arrested. Hodel, you got to Yodol, go to Istanbul or Constantinople. Um, Shout out to Heather Morgan. (laughs) What up, Heather? (laughs) I mean, we'll have to talk about that couple in a second, but thoughts on the crypto space. Um, It's largest
0: financial seizure ever.
1: (laughs) It's similar to cover, um, actually, would be the answer in in that... Gosh, it's hedged that inflation for the past year, but it has been soft recently. Um, I would have gotten it wrong this week. I thought crypto was going to head lower and actually started to um, head higher. So, you know, we do got to get Chris back on because to me, I thought that Bitcoin could go back to 39,000, but it it, it doesn't seem to want to get all the way um, down there. And so... um, no, I think that. Um, well, you know, I, I don't know actually what I think in the in the short term. In the long term, I'm bullish on on crypto, right? I, I've told you that a hundred times. I hold yeah. my Bitcoin. I think the new financial system is going to be partially built on top of it. In in the interim, I think again, it's like copper until so you get firm direction from uh, the Fed and exactly what's going to happen uh, with rates. I think you could still see some some downside, frankly, in in the cryptos. Um, and you might be surprised to know that it cor- it correlates more closely with the VIX than other assets. And so, if we don't get this volatility out here, it's 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 kind of a crapshoot.
0: Agreed. Did you see that company that accidentally tweeted its financial results early and dropped twenty one percent? No. <laughs> but earlier today, uh, a company called Affirm, um, somebody's going to lose their job. And or somebody already did. Accident- or already did. Uh, yeah, somebody accidentally tweeted the release of the financial results. Um, it's one of these buy now, pay late, later companies. So they, they offer like short-term and low-interest loans, kind of like a modern day, better version of uh, a payday loan place. they right? do doing so and great so, with the rising rates. No, not so much. Not so much uh, again, right? They could have listened to you a, a month ago when you were writing about this and then frankly over a month ago and, and positioned properly and made some money. But Um, what are you looking at in the market where you put still putting that capital to work? I asked you last week. I know you have a pretty robust cash position. You eat your own cookie and you took your own advice. You've got some cash on the sidelines. Your timing was excellent because I suspect your money managers probably would have, um, not done the best with that. So it would have been a fucking drawdown. Yeah. So go you.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to talk to you about uh, the housing market because I wanted to talk about it anyway. I'm just taking some notes. So you had asked me a couple of weeks ago about uh, if housing was going to do OK. And I was like, oh, fuck it. Housing is going to be great. Like, um, uh, I don't expect rates to go up. All these millennials are going to buy houses. And I had recommended a construction, like a, a housing ETF, right, which was right. the wrong move. And I wanted to parse that out a little bit and, and talk about well, the housing market and rates. Um, because construction stocks are not homes, um, which I learned Correct. in the past two weeks. I guess I didn't know that. Um, you know, Home construction stocks can and will go down when rates rise mm-hmm. because it's tougher to build houses, just like I was saying about large infrastructure projects. You can't finance them when the rates rise. And so uh, the construction stocks that I thought were going to be a safe haven simply weren't. When the stock market was selling off in January, the home construction sector was getting uh, whacked pretty hard. What held up better was uh, some of the REITs that are able to pass on those higher rates in the form of uh, rents and things. But when it comes to buying a a home, the the home construction stocks got whacked. And so. Where am I putting my money? I I think I'm buying a a house this week, the second house, because homes are not construction stocks, which I just said, and so with my contrarian hat on, I was watching the rising rates and I see the home prices still going up. Right. And I know yeah. that there's all these first time home buyers out there. Just just save their 20%, which sucks. But, I, you know, I don't make the market conditions. And then these market the the rates tick up a couple of points. And I know that they can't put in the offers that they were putting in a couple of months ago. Right. Yeah. Because their financing picture changes, especially on houses that might need a little bit of work. Right. If you come in at the top end of the, the ask um, and it needs whatever, a new furnace and the whole coat of paint, you know, and you just save that 20%. You don't have that extra five or 10 or 15 to, you know, come in there and clean house real quick to make it livable or nice. And so um, the market kind of softened up, you know, houses that were getting 10 offers, some sight unseen. um, I was able to, you know, pick off a little bit with a little bit of less competition. And so, uh, you know, that's the entire market, right? That's not just the stock market. That's using the insights from uh, things that are going in in macro land to better your ultimate bottom line, not just through um, owning equities. And so anyway, uh, a little bit of a difference between home prices, home values and construction stocks there and how they relate to, to rates, I would think. And then I, I, again, pointing back to copper, right? A house is a commodity. So, you know, I could sit on it here for some time and know uh, that 30 million millennials still got to buy a house by 2026 and sell it in four years or whatever. So. Um, anyway, I guess that's where I'm deploying my cash because I got to write an earnest money check and come up with the down payment.
0: Well, congrats on the house. That's always exciting. It's always fun. Um, I love real estate. Right? It was the first time I made a couple of pennies was in the real estate space, and so you know, to this day, it's it's, it's kind of my hedge against um, my volatile resource stock mm. positions, which you know I have have gotten less volatile here um, in the past couple of years. You know, some luck and some hard work, but you know, you could do like Miss Heather Morgan, who you were quoting earlier, and just uh, launder three point six billion dollars or the crypto coins. That is a crazy case. Um, I think you're better versed on this than I am, Nick. Do you want to talk about that a bit? So I, you know, I
1: haven't put all the details together and, and I don't know all the names and, and how they got caught and, and all of that, but I can definitely give it context and um, a little bit of levity, I guess. Um, they, they stole three and a half billion dollars worth of, of Bitcoin and they weren't masterminds, right? It was this uh, couple who ended up getting caught living in, in New York City, a millennial couple um, at that. and. Uh, The way they got caught was seemingly not the smartest, like storing their passwords in in cloud-based services and things like that, that the authorities were able to um, track down. There's a ton of stuff you can talk about. You've got to talk about their lifestyle and stuff first before you get into the (laughs) serious stuff, because they got a whole Instagram page, Gerardo. I mean, they were going out to brunch and talking about their business and, you know, talking about society and rapping about their air. AirPods and uh, rapping about why you got a yodel to hodel. I mean, there's hundreds of videos, <laughs> and she's she's not a good rapper. It's absolutely qu- cringeworthy. I mean, one of the choruses is AirPods, AirPods, where's my fucking AirPods, <laughs> earbuzzer, <are better. laughs> Apple, find my iPhone, can't find my earbuds. <laughs> And so, I mean, you could just go and, like, get inside their bizarre apartment. Bizarro world. What is wrong with people out Literally here? Literally bizarro world. I mean, filming themselves inside their bathroom in their <clears throat> condo in New York City. Everything is out there to see. I'll show, I'll send you the, the Instagram channel if you want to see it.
0: <laughs> can, can, can I read her Forbes.com bio really sure. quick? This actually describes herself when she's not reverse engineering black markets to think of better ways to combat fraud and cybercrime. She enjoys rapping and designing streetwear fashion because of course she does. <laughs> so, yeah, um, interesting times for sure. The judge has ordered that they be held without bail. And if they are granted bail, the judge has ordered that they, they come nowhere near a computer or an internet connection or anything of the sort. So they're gonna get a, a social media um, <laughs> cleansing well, they're gonna get a movie in the deal next, uh, and, and, and likely a book deal and uh, a couple of other things, right? So let's see how much time they're gonna get as well. Cause it's, you know, it's not just the fraud, it's, it's the IRS, it's the tax evasion. There's a whole layer of charges that they're gonna end up having to defend against. And, you know, if there's one group, you know, out of all the alphabet, Uh, agencies. The IRS is the one where you probably don't want to be in a situation where you're defending yourself in a court of law against those people. Mm. Um, So, yeah, no, look, um, crazy times.
1: Uh, I love it. Come on. Yeah. So the other things you have to mention are um, they got caught, right? So um, one of the things you hear is that um, there's all this nefarious activity with crypto and it's untraceable and it's going to open up all this crime and things. And um, they got caught, Gerardo, and so um, it, it shows, and we've talked about this before, it shows that you can um, conduct criminal investigations on the blockchain, track down uh, thefts on the blockchain, etc. And so uh, that's one piece I wanted to say. The other thing is I continue to see people pointing at it like, oh, I guess criminals have to go back to dollars now. And it's like, well, yeah, like, what do you think they stopped using dollars to commit crime? I, I, I never understood that. Um, Uh, argument. And then, um, yeah, I guess mostly I wanted to say that they were able to get tracked and caught. And so I think that's an important point, right? And that they weren't able to disappear into some black hole. Um, They weren't able to get away with it. There was a recourse of action in a a legal framework, right, which I think gives validity to it. So call me crazy. Uh,
0: Let's pivot back to gold gold looks great i said it a couple of weeks ago i thought it looked healthy i loved the fact that as the dollar was rising gold was rising in lockstep here we are with the 10 year above two and gold closed right around the 1830 level was as high as 1843 earlier today if i'm not mistaken and looks like it's flirting with that breakout 1860 level if it can get above that then here comes 1900 and then it gets really fun really quick because we know how if market players are fundamentally wired to 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 like round numbers for whatever reason it's the way it is, right? I think a lot of the speculators are waiting for two thousand dollar gold before they really commit capital. I see a lot of the smart money or at least the, the 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 deep pockets positioning ahead of that move. You're starting to see more volume you're starting to see even on down days a lot of the better juniors, mid tiers and majors catching a bid, and so all of that screams healthy to me. And you mentioned last week, look, we have an $1,800 gold price. If that's all it ever does from here on out, there's going to be a lot of ways to make money in the sector. But I think the speculators are bored with gold and it's going to take 2000 to, 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 to kind of get over that hump. 2000 might be in the cards in the next month or two.
1: They wouldn't be bored if they were buying like Nugt, GT, mm-hmm. for example. I was doing a little nugget this week. It's fun when you get the triple leverage.
0: You, you like that triple leverage? <laughs> for a day or two, sure. <laughs> Uh, gold thoughts, Mr. Hyde, gold thoughts.
1: I said a no, lot there. No, it's going um, higher. Um, I did. I bought triple e- leverage long gold earlier this week. I've already sold it. Um,
0: like a boss. I think that
1: I was telling you about Agnico <laughs> and, and Kirkland. Uh, that deal is now closed. You should be getting your 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 shares of Agnico if you were a good shareholder. And then um, Franco raised its dividend for the 15th uh, consecutive time in a row. And um, you know mm. that's not the sexy ten cents to a dollar, but that is the enroll with their drip program and buy your new shares for a three percent discount and do that for a couple of years type thing. Um, it, gold yeah. is
0: can't go bro. Gold is not. very
1: strong, um, it, it, especially like I said last week. You said we were going to be repeating ourselves. If it stays above eighteen hundred, um, even better. And then if these rates break down, if that shooting star does decide to fail, then you've got that tailwind behind gold as well. So. Um, no bullish on gold. Um, yeah, we'll likely recommend GLD this week.
0: Like it war drums continue to, you know, roll out. Um, that's looking more and more likely. Um, I don't want to use probable, but it's looking more likely. Um, of course I'm talking about Russia and, and then the situation there, um, you know, that has serious geopolitical implications with the U.S. and China and, you know, everybody positioning and taking sides. Uh, I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's not likely. I hope uh, I hope smarter, calmer uh, minds of reason step up to the plate. I just don't think we're living those kind well, of times. Well, that's time.
1: what I put on my hat, too, right? Um, and I think about the Fed not being able to raise. And I think about mm-hmm. how you taper a Ponzi scheme. And I think about the perfect distraction from all of that.
0: Always war, right? And, and the perfect cover, frankly. You have midterm elections coming up here in the U.S., but the Republicans doing everything they can to make sure that voting is as tough for those that aren't, you know, well off, right? If if, if you don't have a vehicle, if you work a nine to five, if you don't have a lot of transportation, they're trying to make it hard as all hell for you to get out there and get that vote. So food for thought there on that side of it. And then on the left, you know, you have Mr. Biden, who who who. Again, you know, hasn't had the best first year of his administ- of an administration um, during the past 12 months and seemingly, seemingly um, continues to miss on real big legitimate issues like immigration, can't get anything through the courts, didn't get the infrastructure bill that he wanted, and um, it's a hot mess right now, Nick. <laughs> it's a hot mess out there. Yeah,
1: that's what I say cash, gold, defensive. Uh, yeah, stocks can go down a lot. We'll see what the uh, Fed does, but they're going to have to backpedal, I think, before it gets that ugly, or else. Dum, dum, dum,
0: dum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Uh, let's let's talk deal flows. Um, what are you looking forward to the next week or so?
1: You've been asking me this. What am I looking forward every to every week? Uh... <clears throat> Finally, uh, I will get some listings of private companies that are either spin outs or uh, that have been private that are going to list. Um, that's a good thing. Um,
0: Labrador Uranium. That's it. That went through. That'll be, looks like the end of the month, right? We have, I believe, load metals um uh, gold and copper vehicle i think that should be four four weeks away both the both of us wrote oh, trips i believe and in those deals. names
1: yeah i was I spent some time uh, I spent some, wait, I spent some private. time in cedar yesterday gerardo i saw filings for Green light, I saw filings for Lannister Mining, which is uh, in Western Montana up here by me. And so the, the filings are, are going on in the background. I can only assume things are taking longer, like everything takes longer these days. But um, yes, for all of those companies, I've seen various documents filed on Cedar, so they are coming for sure.
0: Good good i am still looking forward to because we didn't get them again this week uh aldebaran Uh, resources drill results i'm I'm expecting those we did get more results from patriot battery metals very good results we also got a news release outlining an aggressive twenty thousand meter drilling program um a winter and a summer program so i think that's going to be you know a year an entire year of just consistent busy news flow assays are still pending on the copper and gold And one lithium hole, but that's starting to look like a real legitimate discovery. Closed at 60 cents today. We financed it. Market likes it. And it's still tiny, right? Even at 60 cents, you're talking a market cap of about $36 million right now with, you know, 13 million of that backed by cash. So enterprise value, you're looking at roughly $23 million for something that I believe has the potential and it's early stage mind you, but if these pegmatite bodies end up playing out the way that it looks like they're going to play out and we'll know within the next six months, you know, there could be a hundred to 150 million tons at 1% easily, mm-hmm. easily. Um, that's in this lithium market is it, it, it screams, it screams hundred, $150 million market cap. Again, we're at about a $36 million market cap and about 23 million in enterprise value. So that remains one of my favorite plays and one of my largest holdings. Um, what else, what else is out there? I, 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 I'm hearing rumblings behind the scenes and, you know, Abacus Mining alluded to it in a recent press release, but it seems like the Ajax project in BC, the permit challenge that I should mention, Ajax project is getting some traction again. I'm excited to see what the next shoe dropping from its partner, KGHM and uh, and, and Abacus is any kind of forward momentum as in drilling or, Favorable negotiations with First Nations, which was, you know, the fatal flaw of the last go around in 2017 when its permit was denied. Any positive developments on either of those fronts make that company another great, great speculation if you're looking for a lottery ticket and a great, great optionality play on copper, higher copper and gold prices, right? 2.6 million ounces of gold, over a billion pounds of copper, Um And Abacus owns 20% and is carried all the way through to production. So that's, you know, that's, that's a sleeper pick there for a freeway. I mean, that's that's a big, big
1: project. And it sounds like, yeah, they're trying to to re-engage. We'll see what the the Polish company does, but um, it's carried for sure. It's a big, big project to be carried on.
0: It is. It is. Um, (laughs) I mentioned up front, (laughs) I don't care what people think about Joe Rogan. Uh, It's just, I, I will say this. We, especially in America, have done just an amazing job of politicizing
1: everything. NPR had a story this week about the, the color of the thumbs up emoji you choose and what it says about you.
0: <laughs> How about the size? <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I don't use
1: emojis. Can you adjust the size <laughs> of your thumbs sure. emoji? <laughs> You're one of those big number one figures like basketball? <laughs>
0: It's getting crazy out there. Everybody's like, yeah, I don't care what you all think about Joe Rogan. If you like him, great. If you don't like him, that's great, too. You don't have to listen to him. Like Dave Chappelle says in his latest comedy special, you clicked on my face when you saw me Mr. on your Chappelle. screen and you came to my show. He was. Well, Let's talk on, about that. He was, was in Joe. the news. Um, all
1: right.
0: did, did you it looks have anything like Joe. else Joe? No, I'm just amazed at how people have been able to politicize yeah, since- this. But since it's crazy that to... whole
1: thing, the Neil Diamond, the uh, Joe Rogan thing that we talked about in the past couple of weeks, yeah isn't it interesting that the science has changed in the past two weeks since that started? Mm. I mean, literally, the science mm. has changed. I mean, that's what the government is saying. Fauci says we're, we're past the, the, the full-blown pandemic part of this now. The Democratic governor of New Jersey says we don't got to wear masks anymore. Democratic governor of New York says we don't got to wear masks anymore. Gavin Newsom says, we don't gotta wear masks anymore. This is since Joe Rogan was spouting the misinformation. And so it's just awful curious and uh, coincidental to me that we can all take off our masks and we're past the full blown pandemic portion of this um, right after there's a big blow up of somebody saying nearly as much and being accused of uh, misinformation. Here in Washington, we still have to wear our masks. I mean, uh, well, well- Mandated. Yeah, you're supposed to wear your mask. I'm wondering when it's gonna change. But anyway, it's very curious that um, the science has changed in the past two weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, truckers in Canada, uh, you know, not is still at it, uh, baseball players, Major League Baseball Players Association, and uh, the owners still going at it, still a lockout really quietly. I mean, we're seeing, and again, because my brain is weird this way, it connects to different things, but we're seeing just across the board, People are just pissed off. People are not going to accept the norm because you call it the norm, or because you were put in a position where you get to dictate. But that was—that's once upon a time. That's fourth turning stuff. It's—I—I I, I see it from the young generation on up. I think it's great all the way around. And yes, I still don't care what you no. think about your Rogan. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about Dave Chappelle though. Um, and I—I I know very little. And I—I I was actually—I saw it. I had it on one of my topics to, 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 to discuss. And I wanted to wait because Dave Chappelle is usually pretty tactical in all of the things that he does. And so for for those that aren't aware, yeah, because he was passionate about this one. So for those of you not aware, Dave Chappelle is one of my favorite comedians. And again, you know, you think what you think of Dave Chappelle, don't care. Um, But he showed up at his hometown in Ohio's city council meeting and got up there and said, if you're going to allow this affordable housing development to be built near two buildings that I just bought and committed to expanding, revitalizing a part of this city, this town, which is near and dear to me, I will pull my $65 million worth of investment that I've contributed and plan to contribute to this town. And you can go ahead and award the $35 million company that contract and he, I mean, he, he, he said, I can't believe, up. he said, Call I can't my believe bluff. you would make
1: me audition for you. You look like fools. Call my bluff. I'm not joking. I'll do it.
0: Exactly what he said. And again, loved it. Don't know the backstory. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about this. I'm again, people managed to politicize this. There goes Dave Chappelle, uh, King asshole, uh, you know, killing affordable housing. Well, he's not saying he's not for affordable housing and he's not saying that, you know, there, there shouldn't be more affordable housing. He's saying as a private citizen who pays taxes, who just bought, you know, quite a bit of land to develop with the city's blessing. We had a deal. I'm bringing a comedy club. I'm bringing restaurants. I'm bringing this whole new entertainment center and district. And you want to kill all of that by building affordable housing and using an outside company to come in and do that in the town that I love. So fuck you and fuck off and if that's what you're gonna do then shame on you and I'll pull my money and and again good for him because one, it's his hometown two it's his capital three he's putting his money where his mouth is if you're not willing to defend your own capital and your own hometown I don't I, I don't know what you're willing to defend and for outside people to immediately take the position that oh he's just a jerk because he doesn't want to allow affordable housing again why do we politicize everything why has that why has dave chappelle become the punching bag for you know a certain sector of society i i it's the oddest thing the way all of yeah this stuff plays there's definitely
1: out a here. backstory because he called out one of the council members mm-hmm. by name i forget it let's say it was barbara he was like barbara i can talk to you about this privately if you want He said um, before he went on his rant so there's definitely some backstory there that you don't know but yeah it, just thinking about it purely as an investor you know if you put down capital and and something's coming that's going to change the the framework of why you put down that capital, then of course you're going to defend it. That's sort of inherent in the capitalistic system, right? Um, and it's a problem everywhere. Look, um, it, we got these underpasses here in Spokane because the, the train runs through downtown and so they got these viaducts in certain streets where you go underneath the train and obviously they're turning into homeless camps, right, because they're covered up and on both sides of the viaducts, they, they put the homeless in there. And so just this week, they started putting uh, chain link fences in there so to narrow the width so that the homeless mm. can congregate underneath the viaducts. Um, And there's no good solution, right? Like, I think about this often, not that I'm some public planner or policy guy, but I I try to think about, you know, how would I solve the homeless problem? It's not a lot of good answers, even. It's not a one solution type of problem. No, we don't have to recite the mental health and the drugs and all that sort of stuff, rising prices, Mm -hmm. but um, you can certainly see how in city to city, and, and you've been to a lot of cities, I've been to a lot of cities, how it's handled in various cities, right? And here in Spokane, they, I would say, foolishly decided to put the, um, the shelters, like right in the downtown corridor, right? And so uh, some of those people don't want to be in the shelter for every reason, but they still sort of congregate around it. And so it spills over into the uh, downtown core. I'm, I'm getting a little bit off topic, but if I was an investor who nope. was going to build a business downtown and they were going to put something, whatever, a new homeless shelter or something next door, I might have something to say about that, right? And it, it just speaks to, to to further planning and, and, and better ways to to, to let uh, investors, capitalists, and the people who drive the economy thrive while still providing for those of us that don't have uh, the means, or uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, don't have a, a roof over our heads. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna talk about homelessness, I guess, uh, <clears throat> for one second, because increasingly um, people are homeless uh, for reasons that are outside the mental health and the drugs. I was reading this case in, in Canada this week where the husband and wife had two kids gainfully employed. Their uh, landlord wants to move into their apartment. So he's kicking them out and they got twenty five hundred bucks a month, but they can't find an apartment in Victoria, Canada, where they live. And so um, they had a hearing today, I think I was going to follow up February 10th. Uh, and if they didn't win the hearing, they had to be out by February 2nd. Wife and two kids with, with twenty five hundred bucks a month to spend for an apartment. The apartment literally doesn't exist. Any apart apartment. Both gainfully yeah, yeah, employed. Yeah. Yep. He works for the city. He's an arborist full time. It's crazy, man. And so they look for an apartment and like literally every apartment twenty five hundred bucks or less a month has like a thousand applicants the first day that it goes up. And so uh, there's different reasons that our people uh, are homeless. And I, I forget the ultimate point I was going to make there. But yes, it's a complex uh, it's a complex uh, problem. And it's 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 it's, it's not going uh, away. I don't think especially because the, the prices of houses are continuing to rise.
0: Which takes us back to all my rants about central bankers and Fed policy and and, and what that mandate is and, you know, how the Fed is here for the stock market and the rich. And, yeah, lucky enough to be able to profit from that. But societally, what are we doing? What are we doing when a family with kids that's both gainfully employed can't afford an apartment? Forget a house.
1: They're not talking about buying. No. My understanding of what you said, right? That's it. 2,500 bucks is what they got for an apartment and they can't, they just can't find one. They could move, but you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, crazy times. Uh, I wanted to talk and, and, and uh, I'll be brief on this, but there was a, a, a Republican bill in Wisconsin that has now advanced um, where they want to allow 18 year olds. They want to, they want to lower the age, um, of legal gun ownership, handguns from 21 to 18. So for those outside of the U.S. in the United States, you can own a rifle once you're 18, right? But you can't own a handgun until you're 21. And so me, I'm a very pro-Second Amendment guy. Uh, I believe there's a smart way to own weapons. I believe there's a smart way to, you know, train and learn how to be safe and and all of that. I think there's a whole host of things that we can do um, to be smarter and more responsible gun owners as a society whole another conversation for another day. But this bill would allow potentially, you know, a senior in high school who's 18 to be able to carry a pistol, you know, on school grounds, around the yeah. school grounds out on school grounds. And so I just, again, I don't know what we're doing when it comes to policy. This is coming from someone that is very pro second amendment, um, and understands the value of being able to defend yourself against, you know, not just people, but government as well. Right. But it just seems, um, it seems like if we don't put the safety mechanisms, pun intended, um, and tie those safety mechanisms to gun ownership, we're just going to continue with this crazy-ass gun society that we have where it's just the norm, right? you got to have some norm. common
1: sense in there somewhere. And so, you know, I mean, gun owner, Second <laughs> Amendment guy, we don't need kids going to school <laughs> with uh, guns. That's not part of the deal. Even um, I was reading an article about this, and uh, one of the Democratic uh, – state senators or state congress people as a woman you know she's got her considered concealed carry permit she's packing heat everywhere and she, you know she's pro second amendment too and she was saying like i pack heat in the grocery store but we don't need kids to be carrying guns around on the school grounds and and, and that's obviously the 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 right answer right i mean there's a common sense approach here and, and you were just mentioning about how we politicize everything right well this is clearly that this is taking something all the way to the extreme right to to make a point about <laughs> gun ownership when it just goes into the it goes all the way to such an extreme that it's like a caricature of itself right like even as a uh, gun owner like what <laughs> it doesn't make sense
0: <laughs> yeah just watch out for the gazpacho police, oh, out there, gazpacho police? are they monitoring <laughs> the temperature of the soup <laughs> Was hilarious no. did you see that one no No, oh, you didn't see that one okay so you know who marjorie taylor green is right famous on the right for being a gun-toting non-mask wearing red-blooded american patriot right that whole thing so she tweeted um she was ranting in in in, in true green form right on, on on twitter and she uh she mixed up the soup with the <laughs> Gestapo <laughs> and said <laughs> and said um, something along the lines of um Nancy Pelosi's Gaspacho Police <laughs> is That's coming hilarious. after you. <laughs> so the memes around this were absolutely great. It was Hopefully fantastic. Somebody did and... something
1: with the soup Nazi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh there's they're, they're they're out there. There you, you you just go them. down the rabbit hole for five minutes. You'll get you'll get a good That's laugh. Funny. You'll get a good laugh. Uh, I, I think that's all I got, Nick. Anything anything on your end of it um, that you want to get off now your chest? No, I
1: think I want a fresh, cool soup.
0: <laughs> it's all we got, folks. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was Therapy Session, otherwise known as Bizarro World number 156. Say goodbye AirPods, to the people, AirPods. Nick.
1: where are my fucking AirPods? Apple find my iPhone, can't find my AirPods. <laughs>
0: Uh, Interesting times, world!